Welcome to Cinema Bushido. This episode, we're talking about the 2018 action thrill ride, Upgrade, starring somebody named Logan Marshall Green. Uh, with me, as always, is the co-processor added to the 386DX processor, Maestro Lee Van Cleef. No, sorry, Maestro Lee Van Der Cleef. How's it going, Lee? Everybody, every day's a holiday, sir. How are you doing today? Everybody is I a holiday. I like everybody's a holiday. Everybody's mm. a holiday. Because you always, you always want to be on them, you know? But you always want to be you know? on holiday. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, you get it? Ah, uh, uh. uh. Winky, winky. Uh. I, I got an upgrade time. I a B grade, it's all you want to do today is get an upgrade, oh lady. This is going to be really something. Okay, um, also with me, writer, artist, Screen Mayhem's own super editor, uh, slash writer, slash podcast person that's always doing stuff, Jana yeah. Rumberger. Hi, Jana. Hello. All right, well, we're going, we're throwing it back. Lee, what you drinking? I am drinking bullet bourbon. Ah, bullet straight on the on the orange label. A a drink that me and the young Mister Matthew Whitaker had fallen in love with Ah. not too many moons ago. Yeah, yeah. It's just just in the staple. It's just you know, it's like it's automatic. You know, it's one of my favorite out of the um, out of my out of the harem. See, he talked me out of it not long after we began courting. Uh, the burlette that holds up the boulette. Um, You know what happened is the people who um, make bullet are, I guess, a bunch of horrible Republicans, so I stopped drinking it. But it, it doesn't make it not be tasty. So That's true. Good it on, is still tasty. If, yeah, good on you, dude. If I stopped, still stop watching movies based on people's politics, then I'd have no movies, I'd have no music. Yeah, you wouldn't do anything. I'd have nothing. You'd sit in the I'd dark. Have, I'd be... I'd have to. I'd have to start my own revolution, and I. I just. I. I've, I've got business. I can't do that. Or you could become Amish. You could make a wagon, Lee. I heard you like wagons. I like to wag their ends. You know. Oh no! I mean? Stagecoaches. Huh? Stagecoaches. Yeah. And wagons. Red Dead Redemption oh. Two, baby. Oh yeah, that's my. Don't tell anybody that, but that's my Red Dead Redemption name. Oh. Stagecoach. Look at that. Right, Jana, Jana, what you drinking? I am drinking, uh, I have, I, I'm trying some drinking vinegars, Thai basil drinking vinegars with, uh, benchmark whiskey and a little lemon juice. It's a little weird, but you know, it's, it's doing a thing. Matthew, are you going to marry this girl or what? That's, that's hot. Jenna, will you, will you share your drink with me? (laughs) Will you put my name at the end of your bank account? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I brought this one for the first time. Well, not for the first time, for the many times. I brought up Upgrade. I This is like, we don't do a lot of new shit. In fact, we never do new shit. But this is different. I watched it and I'm like, this movie deserves to be recognized. It's amazing. Main guy, I could give a shit about him. I think he does a pretty good job. Um, I like the lady. Uh, the bad guy. And first is gross and weird. He's kind of like a, a scrawny hillbilly, but then eventually he endears himself. And then the weird goth dude. I don't know. It's just like a perfect, all the elements in sci-fi getting thrown in. I feel like we're getting more sophisticated with our sci-fi movies. And this is one. I loved it. The upgrade was cool. Um, it's We've seen similar things, but never anything quite like this. And I thought the uh, action sequences were up fucking amazing i can't think of any movie 
that has anything quite like this. Like, go back to, like, the first when he's in the uh, house with the weird, like, badass. And it was the first time he's like, can I take over? And he, that dude just, he, he the, the upgraded R man wipes his fucking ass with the dude. I'm sorry, Gray Trace is his name. Gray, as an upgrade, kicks a bunch of fucking ass. So, um, I love it. Um, I'm going to jump to you, Jenna. You, what'd you think? Give it to me. You know, I kind of loved it. It was, it was intense. And usually I get tired of watching, I, I, I won't watch it, uh, an action movie more than once. Because usually the parts that I like are the like, I don't know what's going to happen. I hate them and I like them. But with this movie, there's just, I like all of the layers um, to the different characters, how the characters are interacting, how, like, the interpretation of technology and the expectations we have of technology. It felt really fresh because a lot of things feel kind of like they're just laying on top of other people's expectations of what technology would become in the 80s. And this didn't feel like that. It felt like it was trying a whole new weird direction that I thought was really fucked up and amazing. Yeah, like it had a hardcore separation between the purists that weren't into technology and then the technology people that were like overly done into some sort of true cybernetic super being thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like gaming was kind of like being a junkie and there was just yeah. a lot of interesting like taking an existing paradigm and flipping it on its side. So not flipping it over or trashing it, but just like turning it on, it on its side to see what happens. I thought that was interesting. Nice. Well, I'm very excited. Lee, give, it, give us the goods. Well, I mean, first of all, I owe you an apology, Mr. Whitaker, because you uh, you had been telling me that I would love this movie, and it's like you can see into my soul. It's true. I, I knew you'd love this movie. I the moment I saw it, which was actually ways back, it was probably two months ago. I put it out. I just put it in a position where you could get to it, and mm-hmm. I said, "Watch it." And you were just like, "Yeah, I don't want to watch like fucking um, Wheel Man, <laughs> Wheel Man <laughs> 2. You were like, mm-hmm. "So yeah, you sat on it until I forced you into podcast." And what do you think? I uh, absolutely adore this movie. This is one of my top three movies of all time. Whoa. Uh, yeah. I'm like hard in the paint on this one. Um, I, I want to say that first 10 minutes is probably, the, for me, the best 10 minutes of a movie since The Dark Knight. Wow. Um, the guy, it opens up, and, and the guy, our main character, he has like my dream life. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, he's like, like, like you know how uh, Matthew always says, oh, you're a hero, or he calls people heroes? Like, real mechanics are heroes. They're, like, electricians. They're plumbers. But they also, like, those mechanics that you take your car to, like, they have power tools and they wear gloves because, like, they have to take care of their hands. And they and time is money. They can't have hand tools. They got to get zzz, They got to get in, get out. And they're just badasses. I, like, worship the ground that every mechanic walks on. Well, master mechanic. And then, but then there's, like, the shade tree mechanic, which is what I, I like to think I am. And, uh, you know, like... Um, I have hand tools and I'm always, I'm, you know, I can't ever fix anything without, without cutting myself. I don't yeah. know what it, I'm always, I'm always in my work. <laughs> I'm always like in it. Like I'm always covered in fluids and he's like bolting on the, uh, the, the lower bolt on the alternator on that Trans Am. And it's just like, he just, he just can't manage to not hurt himself. 
you know, and then they just capture that perfect eureka moment when you like when you fix something and it turns over for the first time. It's like it's a high. It's an addiction. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And then he's got like the perfect wife, the perfect wife. I mean, she's my kind of hot. I mean, she's got that big, beautiful smile and those dark features and she's kind of thick, you know, not not super thick, but thick and just the right, perfect kind of thick. And she's cerebral. And then, like, when he saves his wife, I uh, I had a moment like that with my ex-wife. And I was like, dude, you're just living the dream. You're just a hero. And then to have that taken away and to go, like, and to see that, that severe depression that he goes through. Like, Ooh, yeah. I've pushed my soul through some dark holes, but I can't imagine what he went through. And then the last ten minutes of this movie are the best last ten minutes of a movie in yeah. cinematic history. So I... And then and it's really heady, and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of themes that you guys are kind of touching on. I don't want to talk for too long, but uh, I'll throw it back to you. But I do definitely want to bring this up at some point. Well, I'll throw out um, one thing you brought up about the mechanics makes me think of the latest season of the um, Great British Baking Show, and all of the guys, like everybody cooking, they always have these bandages on because like cooking is like a labor of love, like that where you just you harm yourself, you cut yourself, and you. Because you're trying to make something wonderful. And I don't know. You're right. Like, um, I think of people that I deal with, like a lot of technology people, you don't get hurt. I mean, maybe you get carpal tunnel syndrome because you're a loser and you don't know about ergonomics. But for the most part, you live a pretty safe life where you're not doing shit to harm yourself. And yeah, people who make things, uh, fixing cars, making cars, you know, rebuilding, whatever, and, and food people. I don't know. I think it's badass. Yeah, we we won't go too much into the details, but we could prove that scientifically, like uh, like there, there's something about when they make an engine by hand versus when they do it in the factory, and the ten, and the amount of strength that it can take, the amount of pressure it can take. So, right. I I mean, I really love mechanics, and but like, what's cool is that he was not like all power tools, and he was just a normal guy with some hand tools and mm. a lot of love. Ooh, did you notice in T two we did that um, as a future Cinema Bushido episode? Um, which is funny because this one will come first. But Arnold, when he was under the engine and he was using the socket wrench to tighten something, and it looked really realistic, but it was also kind of like we could trust Arnold to do those kinds of things, this Terminator, while, you know, cheesy kids watching. I don't know. It just made me think of that same kind of thing. Like, he isn't going all robot on it, and, like, he could have just been down there with a fucking power tool and doing it, but he was like particularly doing it by hand hmm. yeah well he might not have had the equipment for it either he might not have had the bottle you're yeah. saying that the terminator the t-800 doesn't have the equipment to quickly i mean aren't his hands the equipment like he's a fucking robot as they used to call yeah, him in the I, twilight zone days a robot but a power robot. tool is powered by air pressurized by air yeah but he's future future tech he just he's, got, he's, he, he's just got bottles in his arms he's like i've got bottles. i'm sure he does yeah he could have turned his arm yeah. into a drill okay i just jumped the shark so um let's <laughs> let's go to our first favorite scene uh and we'll keep talking about this as we go through because favorite scenes the whole point of favorite scenes is to talk about the things we love um i you get to go firstly steal away I'm going to steal the best night. scene. Yeah, do it, Betty. I'm going to steal it. So it's the first kill. Uh, I'm stealing it. Do so it. That's our... not my favorite scene. That's not Janet. So, no. 
we we have a first of all this movie's got like the best parts of robocop Fuck yeah. terminator and them where like uh robocop is like dealing with kind of in a way transhumanism it's more like just a, a, a story about fascism but uh terminator is dealing in these really heady ideas about ai and turning it into badass action uh, and then uh, this movie is talking about transhumanism a lot of the time, and uh, so our guy he's he's recently figured he 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 you know he's been let down by the government. The ineptitude of the government, despite their surveillance state, has once again fucked him. So he's like just given up, and then he he's given an opportunity by better than Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio, to potentially walk again, but he has to sign a confidentiality statement. And he does. And so he's given the ability to walk, but he's got to ride around on his chair. And like the the uh, the 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 thing starts to talk to him at some point. He's like, holy shit, I'm crazy. And then he he figures out that he's not crazy and that the chip has a mind of its own. So he starts talking to it and the chip's really helpful. It's like, hey, here's a tattoo of the guy, even though even though their IDs are blurred out on the drone footage. Here's a tattoo but you can't tell the cops because you can't prove it. Only I, only I can prove this to yeah, you. Yeah, it was a but great. I, I found, it was a great spoil. Like this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We should put spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Oh no! Oh, don't worry about that. No, I just meant like it was a great like. Um, oh god, I said a spoiler, but you know what I mean. It was like a great side thing. Like he can't actually explain what's happening. Yeah. It makes it so we can have the movie. Anyway, you, and yeah. and and STEM is the ultimate Columbo, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but um, but STEM is like he's leading him along to the first uh, investigatory little jaunt there. So he shows up in this shitty shitty little house, and uh, STEM tells him to take off his boots, and he goes in there, and then the guy shows up, and STEM's like now, nah. and the guy hesitates, and the guy the or the our man hesitates. And the guy he he, uh, he whose house he's intruded upon, he uh, he clearly is prior military, and he sees him, and he just accosts him from a from a, from, from turn around over a mirror. And then what what ensues is really cool because our guy has probably had muscle atrophy for God knows how long, so he's like he's not fast enough, he's not strong yeah. enough. Plus the guy, plus the guy he's can, he's fighting is probably if he's a marine, he's gotten a lot of hand to hand combat training they do that for fun so he's definitely a tough sob and then uh and then at, we come to the the titular moment here where he's like he's like uh if you you have to give me control and he does he says oh, i give you permission and he's being choked up to death and then it's just like it, it's like it's just a it's another world we've entered you know another plane of existence and we're watching him just it's it's the computer is just is so quick. It's so much more perfect than human, and it transcends all the primitive bounds of of human flesh. And so you just see that you just see our main hero just completely demolish the guy to the point where he's like, "Just stay down, man." He's getting hit with plates <laughs> and stuff. He's just being completely beaten. But you think you still think it's still harmless. You still think this is in the realm of normal until and then oof. and then our guy, mm-hmm. being a savage killer, grabs a knife. And he's like, he's got a knife. And he's like, relax, try to relax. And Stem's like trying to tell him to relax. And, and then he's like, he ta- he attacks him with the knife. He accosts it. He, he disarms it, the knife and stabs it in his own arm. He's like, we have a knife too. And Stem's like, we have a knife too. And, he, and then he's like, oh my God, just end this. 
And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, this man who's who's already bested, who's already down, the the Marine is already done. And the, and one of the most violent and vile and beautiful portrayals of violence I've seen in a long time. Uh, the stem takes the guy's arm with a with a uh, I don't know which kind of kitchen knife that is, but it's a freaking huge one, and he sticks it right on his lips and pulls all the way back and like busts his jaw wide open, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's he nearly split his head in half from the mouth, and then just drops him. And then they, from that point on, you're like, wow, this is going to be a fucking awesome movie. Lee, did you think to yourself at that moment, uh, what's the classic line from your awesome movie? Why so serious? Why so serious? Yes. I did think about that. I did so, I did actually think about that. Yes. A little homage. Yeah, you know, I love that too. It's like the restraint of the human, but letting the, the robot... Two things there. First off, our, um, our real... Uh, reaction times and how good they how good they could be, all things considered. Like again, you said he had some atrophy and and once your brain, I mean, I feel like the brain is the biggest problem to being fast about things. I mean, really? we we need coffee, we need stuff. Yeah, it isn't all muscle memory. And I mean, if it's muscle memory, you're doing the same thing over and over again. But when your brain is on top. I mean, you can avoid getting hit by a car. I watch a lot of fail videos, and I, I, I always acknowledge what's happening when someone's failing. And often it's like, you it's unbelievable how the average person is fast as fuck when their life's on the line. The adrenaline comes really fast, and they go. And, and I don't the, know. the adrenaline also shuts down different parts of the body. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so what happens is, is that the brain and all functions are only focusing on the bare minimum and it's kind of like a heightened heightened state but the problem is is the cortisol that you release from constantly doing that will destroy you right mm-hmm. yeah straight people brain, who are adrenaline junkies and system. Yeah, ravaged yeah all right Jenna. but yeah it, it's it's a great point thank you oh sorry uh jenna yeah your favorite scene i mean i kind of want to i think i'm i'm battling between two different favorite scenes because we're gonna have a second round okay good Yes. I yeah. Um because I think the most interesting parts of the movie for me were because it feels so controlled by these digital entities were the moments when Stem realizes I can't control this and tells him I can't control this. And so one of them that I was like, oh, that's brilliant, was the freeway car chase. Mm. Um, he's in his old hot rod that can't be digitally manipulated. He's driving the shit out of it. And the cop is chasing him, also driving a car that he can't, STEM can't digitally manipulate or control. And so you keep thinking she's going to get him. And then Dem realizes, like, wait, there's a thing I can do. And there's just this, like, electric car going like a gun backwards. I just thought that part was so just like, oh, fuck, oh, it's yeah. true. He really can, even if he can't manipulate the thing, because he can manipulate so many of the things around the thing. He has this other level of control. But I love the way that they make that that process of decisions tangible 
So it's like almost like when you get to see someone's brain work, it makes it so much inter- more interesting than if you just see, you know, it's like, um, this is a nerdy art history reference, but the beginning of the Renaissance really happened with the bronze doors at the baptistry. Um, and I, and it was because they weren't just depicting the action after it happened or before it happened. It's like literally the moment before it happened and you see like you you have to visualize the end game instead of being told the end game and it makes all the difference in the world and i feel like this movie really used that to great effect and i love the the douchebag in the car just losing his shit he's like what are you doing yeah we're all just like you should die you you thurston howell the third get ready for death Uh, Another thing is that, uh, well, first of all, that charge, I mean, modern day cars, especially cop cars, that that charger would have gotten smoked. Um, But another thing is is that that's when the movie is smarter than you, because that's when the movie is telling you who the bad guy is and you don't even know it. Right. Because you're looking at you're looking at Leonardo DiCaprio and it's not him. It's STEM. And and, and another thing I love about that is that. in real life, there were documents that were released where the government was shown that they can already, like GM and Ford, they, they have these features in your car. Like my buddy's a, a prison guard and he drives like two hours down south every day for work and he hit a deer. And as soon as he hit a deer, they uh, the, the OnStar came on and was like, hey, are you okay? He's like, I'm, yeah, I'm just a little concussed, I think. And she's like, do you want us to move your car off the road? He's like, yeah, and they did. Nice. And, Whoa. you know, and, and the CIA had, and other intelligence agencies had already come out and said, yeah, we can control your cars if, if they're of a certain model. Dude. And one of the things Whoa. that breaks my heart is that, you know, like we're in the modern we're in like the greatest revolution of muscle car engineering and sports car engineering of our lifetimes. And uh, if you buy American, at least they can, you know, they come with these odd systems that you can't you, you would have to know how to to get around them. And for me as a, you know, libertarians, we talk about the ethics of transhumanism. You know, we talk about like the surveillance state. And it's one of the things that makes me nervous about leaving the analog part of this world is that you're relinquishing control to people that may not have the best of intentions. Yeah. Well, I want to say two things to that. Um, No comment on the politics of it, but that charger was a sexy, sexy beast. And if I had that car, I'd drive 24-7 all day, every day, just to drive that car. It was so That good. her shifter? Yeah, you like that? It was so yeah. good. Do you like that? I, I, I mean, I think I, it's not I, – I was never really a big Dodge fan from the old muscle car eras. But they're sweet cars. I mean, you know, they put them on new suspensions oh, now. And so they good. bought them out, and they look good. Yeah, I mean – the old ones, they had like the air intakes. Like they would take out the, the old, uh, they would take out one of the headlights and yeah. just run cold air in to keep no, the engine cool. Kidding? Yeah, they were so smart. They were so cool. Yeah, I, I'm sure you could actually get one if anybody's interested in getting old cars. There's a website called bringatrailer.com. It's pretty cool. You know that my dad like used to rebuild hot rods, right? No, that's awesome. It really well, he's is. From, he's from the Northwest, right? That's right. Yeah, I mean, like, come on, every, I mean, 
there's there's old cars everywhere in the Northwest. It's great. I mean, that's one of the things I miss about being out that way. It's very mean? nice. I was looking up. Uh, I was trying to find an old car to rebuild the other day, and I found a. A 1977 four-door Volkswagen Rabbit, and I thought this would look so good with like an air intake. And anyway, my favorite no, scene. I was thinking you should take that engine out and put it in a Suzuki Samurai, <laughs> so that way you can tip it and still runs. I am kidding. I I'm still want my ni- my 1989 Nissan Pulsar back. <laughs> it had T tops, T tops, baby. T tops, baby. Okay, okay, everybody. So uh, um, you want the 70 Charger, right? Uh, I do. I want a 6987 right around there charger. They're all boxy with the big fat butt and the gas right there in the rear. The the 22s on the wheels in the back. Yeah, no, I love those. I love those. That in the early, late 60s uh, GTO. Those are my two cars. Nice. What about you there, uh, Jana? What would be your old muscle car? Uh, a 48 or a 51 F1 uh, Ford pickup or Fuck, yeah. GMC pickup from the like late 30s uh, or, you know, an early 60s Cobra. Mm. Shelby. Now you're talking. Did not win Le Mans, but did try. Um, I would go probably, I think, I mean, it doesn't qualify as a muscle car, but I think the most beautiful old car of all time is the 69 Fair Lady. I don't know that one. I love that car, uh-uh. uh, but I would I would go the '67 Camaro would probably be my question. Yeah, <laughs> Camaros. I can see lead right. All right, Camaro. guys, it's my turn. First favorite scene, Ooh. the end of it. I do love the car talk, um, and I love the TV. I love the uh, radio show Car Talk. Those guys were the best. The the Clackett brothers or whatever. Funny shit. But my favorite scene. And you guys probably both know this is my favorite scene. It's just so funny because I love um, an overblown reaction. I like the I like the big boom, and I loved your scene, Lee, because it introduces what we're dealing with, and and I love Janice as well. I'm like, yeah, I get what it means, but mine is the first time he kills a, an upgraded, so it's out on the roof, and I guess if I give the whole setup. It's this really long setup, and I'm not going to get through the whole thing, but he gets some code on his arm because Stem has helped him get the code on there, and he meets this hacker lady, and she she puts the code in, and this code is essentially going to help Stem be better. But he reboots, and now he has to fight with two of the guys, Fisk and... Um, I don't remember what the other guy's name was, Sirk or Tolan, or... I don't know. I don't know. It was one of those other guys. But um, Fisk is our main bad guy, and we're not fighting him yet. So it's it's Gray Trace, and he's fighting one of Fisk's underlings. And this guy is formidable, and they're up on the roof. And it's a very short scene. Like, the fight is, like, 15 seconds. But he, the, the upgraded dude thinks he's got the upper hand because he's a badass. He's been shooting at him, and Gray has been running away from him. And... He pretty much, so these guys, they have like built-in super shotguns in their arms. And he takes this dude's built-in shotgun arm and puts it right to his own head and blows his fucking head off. And it's thrilling because this guy, like if you, up to this point in the movie, you know this guy's awesome. He's trying to protect our main bad guy. He's a badass. And yeah, he just gets his fucking ass handed to him, his head blown off. And the best part of my favorite scene is when Fisk comes up and sees 
his little sweetie's been blown to fucking bits. It's the first time you're like, oh, oh, it's that kind of party. <laughs> his little sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> his little sweetie no longer has a head. Yeah. All right. That best part of that scene, he's like, I'm going to end this quickly. <laughs> yeah. And then just straight overpowers him, points his own shotgun at his own head and clocks it. And it goes, oh, he's like, Jesus, uh, that's the, hilarious. The warm arterial spray. No, it was badass. <laughs> it was badass. All right. Scene number two, we're going to go, I would say opposite order, but that would mean I do two in a row. So I'm going to do Jenna Lee Me. So Jenna, take it away. All right. Um, no, wait. Other way around. Uh, I did Jenna Lee Matthew. So Lee, steal away. Um, it's when uh, our man, he's on his second investigation, right? Yeah. And, oh my uh, god, the, the, un, the unplugged bar. Oh yeah. yeah and, yes, the the bar of freedom. And uh, he, he goes over there and, they're like, and he goes up there and he, he orders a drink and he's 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 a paraplegic, <laughs> so you know, he's like, Hey buddy, do me a favor. And the guy's a real mensch. He the guy holds straw. the drink for him. That was out of control you with know? the straw. <laughs> he he was he was slurping on it like it was five hundred dollar blowjob night, <laughs> and uh, it was a heady day. Um, and then uh, and then he 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 instigates something with the bar. Uh, he indicates that you know he knows uh, that somebody killed his wife, and he's trying to get there. And the most imp- physically imposing man since probably Bill Duke stands up. Yeah, and he's like, bro. Oh, wait, I'm not didn't you think serious. my name's Shonoff? I I thought his name was Don't Fuck With Me. Yeah, sure. And then, uh, so then he eventually, he gives some information that implicates him to the murder of the first man. So the guy's like, hey, buddy, turn on the music for me. So they take him into the bathroom. And the best part of the bathroom is just they're like just spent cases everywhere. <laughs> like, I, I tried to, I counted like just a square foot. And I counted 25, so I'm thinking anywhere from, like, I don't know, 250 to 300 rounds, at least, that I saw, just by doing that shorthand. And uh, they, they, just start, they just start sweeping them away with their feet and, uh, and throw them down on the ground, and Stem is playing along. So Stem's like, well, I'm going to kill your nerves. And they start testing him with the knife so he's getting cut it's in different so spots good. really sensitive spots like mm-hmm. the, the leg is first which you could deal with but then under the rib that would be really painful and then he gets him right by the ear and he's like oh you can feel that he's like yeah and then the guy cops to having killed his wife and then he says stem you can take over and stem just immediately removes that guy off of him and then uh, takes down multiple assailants from different angles. At one point, the guy's like, oh, I didn't forget about you. And Stem's like, don't get cocky, Gray. <laughs> Stem's yes. like, listen, don't be a cunt. Yeah. And, and, then, and then at the very end, like, and there's a point where the big guy gets a hold of Gray. And he, um, he picks him up. And, he, and he's really big, so Gray's really high up there. And there's this, uh, there's this uh, light, this... Uh, this is ultraviolet or whatever the uh, I can't remember the name of those bulbs, but you know they're old school bulbs. And like black light. There's a metal. No, the uh, yeah, it's like black light, but it's different. You know what I'm talking. It's like 
the light of prison cells. You know what I mean? It's like not the normal like fluorescent light. light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were talking about light, yeah. that that bathroom. Yeah, it was like really yeah. low grade fluorescent shit. Yeah. Yeah, and so he picks. He takes the steel cable that conduits the electricity, and he he pull, he puts it into his into the guy's back to get him off of him, which that's not how electricity works. But um, and then he he falls to the ground, and then our guys like. It stems like you got to get the answers from him, and he's like, "Dude, I I can't do this." And he's like, "Look away, I'll do it." And then just it just like it's, it's like the best. It's like I think it's not since Demolition Man have I seen somebody be that possessed. You know, he's like, "I was remember when a Demolition Man he's like he's at the terminal ter- yeah. uh, terminal. He doesn't know why. He just knows. And he's just like, and he just does it. And then the guy's been turned into like you know into shredded beef." You know, this would have been my second favorite scene. So it is definitely a steal because it is so good in that way. It's so dark. And the way he lets Stem... You chose both situations where Stem, a a computer has to take over and do pure carnage where the human couldn't do it. You did two in a row. And that's exactly what happened here. Like, he's like, I can't do it. And then when he closes his eyes really tight and he looks down and the guy's just shredded. Just like you just said, it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's... Also pretty fucking hardcore and badass, and that's what makes this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Jana, you're up. All right. I mean, I don't, I, I kind of have to go for the end. I totally fell for the spoiler or the, you know, the thinking it's over and it's not, or thinking that it, it actually was a dream or thinking that it, all of this like hideous shit didn't happen, um, and then it did. I, I think I just I wanted to believe that it wasn't it wasn't what was happening wasn't happening. Um, let me let me describe it. Basically, you know, after it's beautiful. Actually, it's very it's it's exceptional action when he enters the rich dude's home. Um, because which wasn't that cool? The weird stairs. He walked. Yeah, yeah. it's because it looks like a flat ground, and there's this like elegant rock sculpture, and you walk down this set of stairs into this weird kind of uber forest. But he's, you know, Stem sees two people hiding in there. Gray is looking down. He doesn't even need to look, and he just goes boom, boom, and their blood's the same color as these trees in the entryway. So it's just beautiful and nasty all at the same time and he walks into the space and you see creepy mccreeperton um who lays calling leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to wait oh that's a different guy and then yeah. you know the cop who's such a good like she was so good as that character like she was so good as that character and that's exactly all of the nuance of what she brought to the role is what it needed because it so easily could have been a two like a two-dimensional paper cop that's like, I know what's up. But she had, like, this depth to her that she brought into the role that I thought was mm, really good. But, you know, Stem's doing all the fucked up shit he does, like, knife through his hand into the head of Creepy McCreeperton, all the things. But then, you know, he, he, you think Gray's gonna kill himself, he blacks out, and then it's like, no, he's in the hospital. He dreamed it all. There's his fiance. It's okay. 
and think that that's the end, then no. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It killed me. I just kept looking at Matthew like, what? What just happened? What? I gotta give a huge shout out to Betty Gabriel. Betty Gabriel. Who played uh, Detective Cortez or whatever. She was so fucking cool. So Uh, good. Another thing is, she's the analog to him, or she's his counterpart. Yeah, right? yes. Not into yes. the technology, she believes in old-fashioned police work. And she I, knew I, he kept playing it up. No, I can't fucking move. What do you think? And she's just like, mm, motherfucker. Who do you yeah. think? Yeah, she knew. Yeah. The thing that caught them was she put a radio device. Yeah, that was cool. Digital. He's like, I couldn't detect that. Genius. It was radio. That was but the house. The thing is, is that he had already like they like he had already had a hallucination of her, and Stem had already been like, "Oh, did you have a bad dream?" He's like, "No, no, no." So Stem was already like Stem was playing way ahead of everyone, and including him. So Stem like had already lied to him about when once you knew that Stem had lied to him about how his body operates, mm-hmm. you knew the only the only way it was going to be a happy ending in any kind of degree, was if he committed suicide. That was yeah. the only way. Well, it and, was... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and he did... And that's what I was hoping for, and it never happened. Mm. And I love that. There are not... You know, people like to think they're, that everything's a fairy tale and it's all happy endings, and it ain't. I mean, there were so many interesting moments like that. I feel like at a certain point, he says... I'm not in control anymore. Stem's in control. That was really classic. But then he kept doing things anyway. Well, he and Betty, um, once he and Betty were in there and he was like, I'm not in control anymore, he wasn't really. I feel like he was, like, just letting go. He hadn't tried to resist against him because up to this point he had been just... He wanted takes to over. follow the path, yeah. But then he realized he could resist a little, but what he didn't realize, which is the ultimate spoiler of the whole thing, the moment you truly resist him, you lose control of yourself altogether. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, another great part about that is that there is the anarchy sign at the 48 minute and 45 Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. And I like the fact that he convinces, he he is shutting down, you think that it's solely just, um, it's solely just uh, better than Leonardo DiCaprio who's fucking with him, but it's also (laughs) Stem's like, I need you to put in this code, and then you find out that the whole, that the only thing the only line digitally that was controlled or code-wise that was controlling STEM has been broken. Mm-hmm. All right, well, yeah. we're on to my final one. And actually, um, Jana just stole mine. Mine would definitely be when he came down the stairs of Rich Dude's house and blew those two guys away. Sorry, it was sweet. like a piece, like, you know how, you guys know me. You know how much I love those kinds of things. It's like sort of like throw off to the side I am a murderous bastard. It's like, like there's so much intention in a lot of things about murdering people, but the way he just came down and it was like, it's purely throwaway. Katana. Yeah, it's right. Very katana. It's very katana. It's very visceral. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm stealing what was Jana's, because Jana spoiled, nah. spoiled it to me. It's the death of Fisk. So the death of Fisk, I don't, I'm not fully satisfied by the scene, and I'll just explain why really quickly. Um, they're very evenly matched, and it's very much like classic uh, kung fu movies. Bam, 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 back and forth, back and forth. It doesn't really matter. What I did like is the way it, f- it finally went down. 
And it was that um, our man, Gray, he figures out that he can just fuck with Fisk and mm-hmm. and make fun of him and, you know, like belittle him about um, his life. And it was, it, it comes it down to this. His brother. Yeah. Fisk's rage is what was his undoing. And when he, it's, it's from, it's from Highlander. Remember when, um, do you remember when Ramirez, uh, it's a great scene, um, Colonel McLeod, he comes at him and he thinks he's on top of his game and he swoops at him and Sean Connery just pretty much walks out of the way and pushes him over and he's like, like, don't overextend yourself. Like, if your head leaves your body, that's the end. It was kind of like that. Like, Fisk is just, like, finally so mad, it didn't matter anymore. Like, this was, it was all summed up in, like, ten seconds. Fisk went from being this guy who could sneeze at somebody and murder them mm. to being pushed over and his head shoved onto a piece of broken glass and he's dead. And, yeah, I'll take that as my second favorite thing. Because he, even though he wasn't, um, he didn't have a computer helping him, he was so modded out and he had so much, like, military bearing and discipline. And he was so he was such an, an A type personality that he remained cool and calm. Yeah. And at the beginning of the fight, he's like, "You need to not be emotional." Yep. And and Stem's like, "I, I he's Gray. You need to do something. I I can't beat him." And Gray's like, "Oh, your little brother. He wasn't he wasn't a military man that day when he squealed when I killed him." Yeah. And and then Fisk is so enraged that he loses his bearing. He just he gets emotional. So he becomes the thing that it- he protests to be like the most yeah. two minutes earlier yeah. which could yeah. seem cheesy but no we're humans it made him human he's human he's emotional it happened you can't you, you know when people see red you've seen red we've all seen red yeah and i always think i'm beyond seeing red and i haven't seen red in i don't know a fucking decade but i know the days that i've seen red and when i've seen it i've been like Oh mother fuck! I see red. Yeah, like when you I black out when I do that. When you're f- I remember full nothing. on angry, you this guy thought he was above it all, but no. Once your buttons are pushed, they're pushed. It's like I always wondered what it would be like to hit all those buttons on Darth Vader's chest. I bet he'd see red. Bloop 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 bloop. Like no, you hit seven seven six. I'm gonna <laughs> shit my pants. I hate you. I'm Darth Vader. Oh, he said more like I'm Darth Vader. I don't know. Yeah, you, you totally. You guys can't know do what I mean. Voice. You guys know. What I, I like mean. it though. I like that you made him sound like Pee Wee Herman. You don't have any power. James Earl Jones was eaten by Pee Wee Herman and is speaking from the grave. It's fine. <laughs> Darth Vader's playhouse. Pee Wee like mounted him and made him talk. <laughs> I got behind you. Say it like me, or I'll do you harder. <laughs> ah! you, you have no powers. Is the magic phrase? Yeah. Yeah. All right, um, we're about to get to top six challenge. Uh, Lee, you want to summarize any extra bits we didn't talk about? Because I think we we hit it hard, but do it. I, I think I think one of the things that's really great is that we see like the uh, the fact that there's covert shit going on. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that like he's like, listen, you put IDs in all our fillings, and you can't help me. And she's like, criminals get around it. And I'm like, yeah, that's it's that's a story as old as time. That was funny. Like everything, like the the technology that the police force had, and how ineffective it was. I mean, mm-hmm. it goes to show as much as we figure out. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Jen, fuck the police. 
Oh, I feel like I really covered it, but I'm glad the other scene that I almost mentioned but didn't was the sneeze. I felt like the sneeze Mm, where he releases these like crazy razor blade winged dust mites that fly into the nose of this bartender. Fucking amazing. It was everything that guy never wanted in life. He's like, no, I'm off grid super bar where you can only pay cash. And then it's like, well, guess what? I just sneezed things to yeah. go into your heart to murder you. Well, Enjoy. And you, well, Bye. and you know how, like, every emotion that we feel is is in part, it's like a, it's more of a sandwich of emotions because we see a thing and we associate it with another thing and all of those things together become the emotion that we feel in the moment. That scene brought me back to that uh, episode of Black Mirror that we watched with the bees. Oh, yeah, sure. And so... Do you ever see that, the bee one, Lee? Oh, it's so good. I, don't, I haven't seen it. It's I haven't seen it. insane I send you, I send you and smart and amazing. It's my absolute favorite episode of Black Mirror. And it just, it, it just like stuns you that these, that these things that were designed to do one thing can be so utterly manipulated in a way that's beyond your, your rational thinking. Mm-hmm. And yeah. A lot of this movie was like that for me, but that part especially. Well, I don't think I have anything else to say except Charger for the win. Um, <laughs> I also thought Hot Chick was hot. I want the future of cars where you don't have to drive, except I don't want them to drive me to Homeless Village 5000 and kill... And gun arm people. And kill my wife. Also, I want a windshield I can see out of. I don't care if I'm not driving. I don't want to be in a freaky pill speeding along at the speed of oh, light with no come on get to the visual. modern day lady we are gonna watch nerd, facebook nerd. Video, youtube videos on our screen oh i want to see where I... i'm fucking going if somebody else yeah. is driving me around i want to see where i'm fucking going right. and, and not only that i'm gonna drive a manual until i die I'm just, <laughs> i know there's double clutch technology i know they're better i don't care i bet your car has auto windows lee no, it it does it does, but I don't. It's not the same. It's not the same. Right. And the handles inconvenient. The handles like it's like come on. The old school handles like, like the last time I had one of those, I rented a car because I was doing like a repair of my car. The loaner. I had a loaner in two thousand three, and it was this old Ford. It was a new Ford. It was a brand new two thousand four Ford, but it had the manual windows, and I just thought. Who does that anymore? What's wrong with you people? Anyway. <laughs> Are you guys ready for your top six challenge? I'm ready. This is what we're doing these days. It's the kinder, gentler top six challenge where I'm actually asking questions that are answerable. Oh. Jana's um, going first because Lee doesn't go first. What? Okay. You're, no. Go hard. No, go hard. Give us the hard questions. We know what they're... No, you know, what I mean is what I would do in the old days is let's say I did upgrade. I actually thought about doing it. I would have asked you guys really hard questions about upgrading uh, PCs because... uh, That only you would know the answer to. Only I would know the answer to, right? That's the problem. So instead, I'm asking you guys questions that you have the potential. I don't know if you can answer it, Lee. It's not Asian cinema. It's 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 not Asian questions. It's supposed to be the top six, not right. like. Are so you here's the top six. Um, Lee, are you going first or second? Pick one. I'm going second, of course. Yeah. All right. All right, so Jana, name the movie character who had a brain upgrade so he could hold eighty gigabytes of data. Oh no, this one. 
You know it, Lee? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking it's the Johnny Mnemonic, and it's the also the only other time that Takano has ever been Johnny in Arcatano. Who is it's the only other time he's been in an American film. And Lee, Since... if you were here, I'd like right now be like dry humping your butt because <laughs> but yes, the... Kitano. I was thinking he'd kiss your cheek, but I guess I'd be watching dry humping. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, why did you know my Kitano question? Why, baby? Okay, Jenna. Yes. Oh, what? I get a second question because I screwed up the first one. No. Oh God! Thank God! I, <laughs> thank God! I didn't ask you this question. I've been drinking. Leroy Brown. Mm-hmm. Yes. Satan. What's what Star Trek character got an upgrade to make him feel just like a real boy? Data. Yeah. Data had he actually. There's two different discrepancies there because the chip in the show was super tiny, but for that movie, they fucking made it giant, and it was dumb. Uh-huh. And yes, right. Data. Right. Tenant Commander Data. Okay, so uh, it's one to zero. Uh, Jenna, mm. how was Doc Brown's time machine upgraded at the end of Back to the Future? What, the... what made it better? No, the time machine, which is the DeLorean. Yeah, it's the flux capacitor. How did it get upgraded? Oh, it was something stupid like a fucking bobby pin or a, or a paper clip. No. Ah! Oh! Damn it! He, it's it. You didn't need plutonium anymore. You just needed food. It had like an infuderator. Oh. So yeah, that's took, right. Yeah, because he had to buy it from the Iranians in the in the beginning. Right, of the beginning of Back to the Future One, they needed plutonium from the uh, Iranians, and they had a uh, Volkswagen van, and there was stuff. Anyway, by the end of the episode, by the end of the movie, um, the time machine could take food just. Recycled, like just garbage disposal stuff. All right. Yeah, very good. I do not remember that. All right, so uh, I remember that, I mean, I that uh, remember Michael that J. Fox saying Johnny be good. Totally. I, re- I remember his mom. Yeah. She's hot. Leah Wait. Thompson. She did the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, guess I she get was it. Hot. Oh, she was hot in the fifties, right? Yeah. Because when she, she was, was wearing, hot in the 80s. When she was wearing the weird makeup in the eighties. Not your jam. It's what happens is when you use makeup to make people look old, just like what we watched last night. What was it? Somebody wearing weird makeup to make them look old. Anyway, when you... oh oh, we were thinking about um, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor, right? With the Sarah Connor <laughs> with the two foreheads at the end of T two with the two foreheads. Yeah, if you yeah. use enough makeup, you can take somebody beautiful and make them look like you're actually looking at a garbage, um, naked. Oh, I guess they so. look like those Apple head dolls. Thank you, Apple yes. head dolls. Okay, Adam, I I don't want to give you unsolicited advice, but cancel your tanning a bed membership tomorrow. <laughs> Truth. Because it get all leathery. Yeah. All right, I rely on you guys to help me. I think Leroy's next. Yes. It's my turn. Yeah. Leroy, what seventies dude was rebuilt to be better, stronger, faster? The Bionic Man. Get a little more specific. Uh, the six million dollar man. Fuck yeah, exactly. Lee Majors. Lee Majors. Lee. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, I, my favorite part is the Family Guy reference to Lee Majors. He's like, what? Women aren't people. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Fucking it. Lee Majors. And I love, I love. There's an episode of uh, Red Letter Media where they do a best of the worst, where it's like Lee Majors and A Pagoda. And it's some shitty fucking cop detective detective show, Jesus. and it just looks like Abe Bogota just like wanted to get paid to go get ice cream and get a haircut. It's just so funny. Very very nice. 
But yeah, yeah I remember the, All right. It's like, it's like, we want to rebuild him, but we don't have enough <laughs> money. I saw that one, actually. It's funny. And I'm glad you got the six million. You know, if before I put together this uh, top six, I thought it was the hundred million dollar man or something stupid like that. I, I may even look that, that up. That was the ten million dollar man. Whatever. All that shit is what, what I thought I was the thing. But it is definitely exactly what he said. Six million dollar man. What did you say before that? Um, the bionic, bionic man. Bionic man, exactly. Yeah. Because both... he's, got, he's got bionics. They're That's both dead they on. Get better. I would have yeah. given it to you anyway, but the fact that you got six million dollar man means you really have two, not just two and a two. Okay, whatever. Yeah, Janet, I do have two. That's me. What cop got so blown to shit that they rebuilt him as a robot? I'm guessing it's RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, Good for you. With me. you. All right. I've never seen it. <laughs> it's that two was one. an easy question. You I haven't seen that for a No. Oh. What's that like? You have to. I said I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. yeah. I'll buy that for a dollar. You have to Hi. see it. It's pretty good. It's got a really good. Uh, it's got a really good pastiche on like corporatism and fascism. It's brilliant. I'm making my way through all the things, you know. All right, it's two to one, and there's only one question left. So. So I hope Lee gets it wrong. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. He's but, like. He's like. Where were we? But my wait, wait, wait. That would still be two to one, even if. He, oh, if he gets it wrong, it's two to. I mean, three to two. Three. To It'd one. be two. It doesn't matter. All right, Lee. I've lost. She, yeah, you've okay. lost. That's what exactly oh. where I'm. It's doing. all right. I I won the other two times. You did. All right, Lee. Mm-hmm. Name the Doctor Who <laughs> nemesis that created the Daleks. Ooh, that's good because I don't watch Doctor Who at all. I think it's for people who are castrated. <laughs> I'm going to say it was Doctor Who. Does number two work for? Mm. His name is Davros, and no, you know I was a five year old. I love Doctor Who with all my life, and that's where this stuff comes from. It's little kids in the 70s. Don't be a dick. I'm, I'm so tired of people on Twitter posting the little phone booth. I'm just like, I don't fucking care. I would block you, but I, I, I can't. Okay, well, I can't, I just, do you I can't, not know how I to can't. use your phone? Is that what I just, happened? I'm I just too lazy to unfollow them at this Lee, point. Lee, you just, won. A hardcore. Yeah. You're a winner. Say that every day I wake up and I piss excellence. Lee and so. Jenna, you both have to. Um, this is the tiebreaker. Just oh. yell out the answer if you think you know it. Oh, Jenna, you don't. I'm sorry. Never mind. <laughs> I give it to Lee. Lee, what? There wouldn't be a tiebreaker anyway. No. Uh, what alien group captures people and makes them into robo people? It's, cyber, it's the it's the cybernetic beings known as the Borg. Correct, Amanda. first encountered in what seems yeah. Like Borg. You're just way more of <laughs> Janet's giving you the wanking motion. You're just <laughs> you're just way more of a sci-fi geek than you want yourself to be, and also Janet's not. So maybe this was yeah. unfair, but you won, Lee. You are you the you winner. You're not supposed to. It's not. It, I hope this dies. I hope. Lee's I hope this goes. The champion. You hope what dies. Lee's the champion. I, I hope this keeps on fighting till the end. end.